Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks, to be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to The Well Women Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to The Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you feeling burned out or finding it hard to focus on your goals, or are you in transition? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate our superpowers. These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated, and they include empathy, love, intuition, courage, and more. As always, this episode is brought to you by Well Woman Life, a global community of women living our best lives. Whether it's your health, relationships, your money, or making an impact in your community and the world, Well Woman Life has you covered. You've made a commitment to not settle, to use your voice, and to live your best life. Well Woman Life offers annual memberships, workshops, and retreats to support you. Check out wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our growing community. Now back to the show. Today's topic is celebrating International Women's Day with Beva Sanchez Padilla. And hopefully by the end of the show, you'll be inspired to participate in the movement to empower women. International Women's Day celebrates the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. Celebrated annually on March 8th, the day also marks a call to action for accelerating gender parity. On the show today to shed light on this is my guest, Beva Sanchez Padilla, who is a native of New Mexico and author of six produced plays. She's trained in film and a published poet. She's been a reporter and a producer for six different television stations, and she currently works as a gender justice organizer for the Southwest Pro- uh, Organizing Project. And In 1972, Beva designed and taught the first women's studies course at the University of New Mexico. Beva credits her mother and her daughters for the inspiration of her work over the last 48 years, always dealing with the subject of women. And today on the show, we're going to talk about how Beva works to articulate, heal, resist, and transform women's lives, the projects she supports to empower women to address poverty and violence, what the first International Women's Day celebrated in 1909, which plants our ancestors used to heal their families, and so much more. So stay tuned. You can find more about this show at um, our show notes page, wellwomanlife.com slash 106 show. And you can get the free giveaway there. And you can also continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. Now to my interview with Beva. I'm speaking with Beva Sanchez Padilla. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be here. Beva, I want to start by asking you just a very general question about what are you working on and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? 
Uh, I would like to think that the work that we're doing here with uh, the Southwest Organizing Project, New Mexico Women, um, New Mexico Con Mujeres, is really impacting women. I think uh, what we really are trying to do here and have been for quite a while is to build solidarity uh, among women and women women's groups um, to really address the structural um uh, reasons for women existing in so much poverty, as well as experiencing so much violence. Women are very, very concerned with healing. Um, we really believe that as women, we need to resist laws that are unfair. Um, we want to defend communities uh, of women and families um, against violence against laws that don't serve them. We want to be able to articulate those experiences. We want to be able to heal those experiences. And we want to be able to transform the structures that cause these kinds of things. And that's all very theoretical. But uh, we notice that when women gather, they talk about healing. Okay, there's so much there that I want to pick up on. And um Certainly addressing the structural systems and changes is huge. And the issues of poverty and violence are so deep. Where where do you begin? And I know you talked a little bit about healing, but um, what are some specific ways that you're addressing poverty and violence? We see ourselves sometimes as incubating and assisting groups of women that really want to be able to market um, their work. Um, and I think as women, we, we tend to go above and beyond. Uh, I want to talk about just very briefly, uh, Debbie Johnson, uh, with an organization, a nonprofit called Tender Love. Uh, Tender Love is a day shelter for women, uh, who are homeless. Uh, because as you know, many, many, um, shelters, homeless shelters, make the folks there leave during the day and then they can come back at night to sleep. Uh, and she, so she has this day, um, shelter and in her shelter she has 15 sewing machines. She teaches, um, not only sewing, but she teaches budgeting. Um, and she teaches women to put together resumes based on their life experiences. And she has reached out to Pamela Herndon with uh, the Southwest Center for Women's Law and uh, Nusenda uh, to assist her with this. So those are the kinds of projects that we're really, really interested in. Part of what we do is really trying to hear the voices and the experiences and the stories of women who have not, who have not been heard before. As you know, um, well, uh, we were lucky enough to be the, and I use the word in Spanish, responsable. We were the responsible uh, party for putting together the lineup for the, this year's Women's March that happened on the 22nd, 21st of January. And it was our goal from the start um, to have women's voices who, who have never had a platform before. Uh, and we're really proud of that. Many people, we got calls, well, how many black women are you having to speak? Well, we had 52 speakers, and there were 13 African-American women. We had uh, over 20 indigenous uh, 
women speak, a couple in, in dance groups. So the, I think our whole goal is to, to, is to receive women where they're at. Um, and of course, we have a very, um, uh, another project that we're involved in is, is creating, uh, gardens, medicinal gardens, um, medicinal plants, looking very, uh, very closely as a New Mexico community. What are some of the ways our ancestors, without romanticizing too much, but what are the ways our ancestors, my mother, my grandmother, uh, healed, healed, um, each other, their families? And, um, I'm a Chicana. I'm a mestiza. Um, I'm a Nuevo Mexicana. And so I, the older I get, the more I'm trying to remember things that my mother told me and her mother told her about indigenous plants, amaranth being one of them. Amaranth, uh, is a, well, it's not really a grain, but, um, apparently it was kept uh, from the indigenous people, uh, and it was, and it was banned. You couldn't grow it at all. Uh, we're finding out more now. There's this whole movement of amaranth because it had, it grows, uh, it's a, t uh, drought tolerant plant. Uh, if you ask native folks, uh, native New Mexicans as well as native, um, Americans, uh, what these things are, most of them will, will say that when they see the plant growing, that it's a weed. So we're in the process of celebrating that particular grain. There's something called verdolaga, which is a, is a wild, um, um, plant that grows that people used cooking in cooking long time ago. So we're trying to celebrate those, those, those kinds of things. Um, I could, I could go on and on. And as part of SWAP, we have about, um, eight school gardens and we have one garden of our own. And in fact, we're meeting on Friday with women who know how to grow medicinal plants. So that's something that we really want to celebrate also. Okay. And, um, we are celebrating International Women's Day on the show today. And, uh, so this conversation is very relevant to, to that. I want to ask you as the main organizer for New Mexico Con Mujeres, why is International Women's Day important? You know, now what's, what's the significance of it for you and, and for your work? As, as a woman and a, as a feminist? Well, what's interesting is that international, the first International Women's Day took place in 1909. And it was actually celebrated as a part of an I incident that took place where uh, garment workers were on strike in New York. Um, since then, um, the United Nations has adopted it. And uh, now the United States has Women's History Month. Um, I personally ha have been a feminist for much of my life only because I came from a family where my mom came from. I had six sisters and I grew up watching them take care of each other. I watched how they uh, protected them from a couple of husbands that didn't know what they were doing. Um, so that's kind of where my, my caring and love and trust and belief in women came from. But then as I got older and realized that Internationally, uh, women also suffer po from poverty and violence. 
even though their trajectories are different. Um, um, I see the desire again for mobilizing unity. Uh, it's very interesting now with this Me Too movement, which is very significant. And again, that we have to look at, and, and popular media has addressed this, that in fact, we look at, um, women who, ha- who are not powerful and, t- and, and, wealthy and popular, like actresses, etc., who have been suffering this all our, all our lives. I, uh, growing up, I'm 70 years old, and growing up, I had several, uh, incidences, uh, in my work environment, and I remember feeling, feeling that if in fact I called them on it, uh, and made sure they didn't bother me again, that that was the, that was the win. I would have never thought of going to human resources. I, I mean, I, I just knew that I, I, I had to say it myself and take care of myself that way. But I think that that, that whole movement is, um, that's so popular now, the Me Too movement, it, that in fact, it is still, I mean, women have been talking about this for years. Poor women have not been able to talk about this for years. Uh, but it is building a solidarity and a consciousness among women. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward for International Women's Day. We will be celebrating that with a, a, a presentation on the 11th of March, and we can talk about that a little later. A group called the International Women's Committee has been organizing a, an event for the last 28 years, I'm told, and we're joining them this year to talk about a women's economy, a feminist economy, and what that actually means. Okay, and we'll link to that at wellwomanlife.com slash K-U-N-M. You can go there to check out the links to all of the events and things that we're talking about on the show today. And um, Beva, I want to ask you, what can allies do to support your work? And I'm specifically thinking of when you were mentioning sort of those in, in positions of power and privilege are have are their voices are heard right and and especially with the me too movement um how can allies uh women uh, women's allies whether ma- male or female but allies to the movement support this and lift up other people's voices uh, i th- I think maybe you're answering your own question. I think supporting, participating, giving money, and not necessarily leading or informing or um, letting people know what the structures are that are keeping us oppressed, what are the roots of our our system that are keeping women, particularly women families and communities, poor and uh, over overrun with violence. I think just that. Um, I, I, um, I know the Poor People's Campaign is starting up again. Um, and uh, we've had a couple of meetings here at SWAP. And the four pillars of their movement, which comes from a movement that happened, I think, probably 40, 50 years ago, uh, where, in fact, a climate is now included, climate justice, racial justice, and economic justice is included. And now, as part of that, we are making sure that gender justice is part of that, as well as addressing our, uh, what I call killing machines, uh, our, our military 
that is probably um, involved with starting too many too many wars. It's my opinion at this time. And Beva, um, what do you think of the most recent movement led in part by young women of color um, against gun violence? I think this is part of mobilizing that consciousness. And many people have theories of change, how things ha things change. There's a saying in Spanish, gota a gota, el agua rompe la roca. Drop by drop, the water splits open the, the rock cliff. Um, I think that change takes place little by little, but also in quantum leaps. And when... You know, when you see all these young women and men leaving their high school and going to talk to their state legislature about uh, gun violence, I think that's that's what it's going to take. It takes the people who are most affected to be able to mobilize. And supporting that in any way is what we all do. Okay. And again, we'll link to the upcoming March for Our Lives, I think it's called, um, on March 24th. And we'll link to that at wellwomanlife.com slash KUNM. And Beva, we're going to switch to switch gears here to talk about the superpowers for success. Um, and I want to start by asking you, what does success in life mean for you, Beva? I think that's a very good question, because most people who would ask a question like that, you would have to say, well, this is how much money I'm making, or I have a house, or I have a family, that that is success. Um, I was raised, my father was a printer. Uh, I was raised in the union. Uh, so I learned very, very early that uh, unity is where it's at. So it's sort of, for me, success is working with other people. Um, I was a teacher for several years also. I think that that probably, aside from being a parent, is the most rewarding and the most challenging um, kind of career to have. Uh, a, I think uh, having confidence, but seeing yourself as part of a whole, for me, always is wonderful. Like, uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, my mother came from a very large family, and I saw growing up the way she took care of her sisters, and that brought her great, um, that brought her power, that brought her, brought her happiness. And I think seeing ourselves as part of a whole is, I think, what keeps us going. Beva, you've had a, a long and varied career in film and as a poet and various things. And now for three years, you've been leading New Mexico Con Mujeres at the Southwest Organizing Project. When did you know that you were good at what you do? You know, I still don't know that I am because <laughs> I'm learning from so many, so many other women, so many other families, so many other communities. Uh, I think I, I, it goes back to my, to my mother. Um, just watching, uh, my mother didn't graduate from high school. She was from a community here in Barelas. Uh, but she did, she always taught me that, that no one was better than me and I was better than no one. So there was built in this whole idea of equality, unity, being together. Um, and actually, I have two children. I had children very, very late in life. I had my first at 32 and my second at 40. And one is a professor of uh, Chicano studies at the University of California in Santa Barbara. And the other is a, um, 
an architect in San Antonio, Texas. They they both went to very good schools, and I knew what it took um, for them to be successful because I had struggled in a, from a, a different point. And seeing the work that they're doing now uh, gives me actually the confidence that I need to continue because they are involved in their communities also. Love that. Um, describe one personal habit that contributes to your well-being as a as a woman. Well, um, I've been married twice. I've been divorced almost 10 years. Uh, and that has been a wonderful experience. I've been happily divorced for 10 years, spending so much time alone. Spending time alone is what generates my power. I do meditate. Um, I do walk, not as much as I should. I used to swim, and then I fell, and I, I'm using that as an excuse. But again, your question is, when did I recognize? Uh, a personal habit that contributes to your well-being. Okay. So I think you answered that. Yeah, yeah, just not being afraid to be alone. I, uh, the first time I was married, I realized I had never eaten alone. Because again, as you see yourself as part of a whole, you also don't really uh, have the ability to define who are you personally. So um, I have two cats. How stereotypic can you get? <laughs> and uh, I I do uh, do like to read and I do like to write. You know that comment about being alone is so incredibly important, and it's interesting that it took you you know sixty years. Um, to figure it out, right? And I, th I think that that is often the case that that we learn these things, you know, later in life. And so I like that you mentioned that because maybe listeners can try it out earlier. Um, and it can be scary, right? Because people are afraid of being alone. Um, but when you find that power within yourself, and that security of of you and your body and your mind. It's there's there's nothing that you need to be afraid of anymore. Right. I, I totally I totally agree agree with that. It did take me too long. I think uh like I said, the first time I was married um and he was in medical school, uh I had realized I had not ever eaten alone. And so it took me a while. I started drawing. And then I think you just continually learn learn that. And then the, right after my second uh, divorce, I went to go shop, grocery shop, and I didn't know what to buy because I was always thinking of another person. So the flip side to seeing yourself as part of a group, and I've mentioned this earlier, uh, and in union with community, uh, the flip side uh, of that is not knowing who you really are and what you really like. So yeah, I think it's a balance. And I think that that's part of what Con Mujeres is trying to do always. We consult very closely with an organization called Child of All Nations, which is made up of um, elders, indigenous elders. And as opposed to always addressing the symptomatic failings of our society, they really talk about uh, and assist us at understanding a foundation of creating balance, mm -hmm. creating balance in our lives, as opposed to looking at um, looking at our lives about uh, with respect to what we don't have. 
Okay. And uh, we're almost out of time. I want to ask you, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? There's a woman by the name of Oki Semini. She's a Mohawk medicine woman. Um, she lives, I understand, in Canada and in Mexico. But I read an article that she wrote, and this was about 30 years ago, where she said we have sacred power. Women have sacred power. We have erotic, nurturing, creative, and warrior power. And I always pull, um, I always pull on her writings to remind me that we can continue, uh, and we can do it with joy. That's the other, that's the flip side to this also, is this struggle for, uh, justice, um, can almost seem painful and it's challenging, but to be able to do it with joy, knowing that we are on the right side of history. Bevo, what advice would you give your 25 year old self? Um, I think that I would have developed a sense of discipline for doing work earlier. Uh, to be able to say I, I enjoyed uh, drawing and then I'd kind of give it up. And, oh, it's no good. And, and I think that I would tell my 25-year-old self, you've got to keep doing it over and over and over. Um, that sense of discipline, that's something that you learn to do well. You have to do and fail several times. Okay. And I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask because I always ask this at the end of my segment here. Do you identify as a feminist? Most definitely. I identify as a grassroots international feminist. Um, there's no question about that. And very quickly, how do you define feminism? I, I would have to go back to my some some of what I said earlier to f number one recognize the fact that femicide is exist exists women are killed in groups um, that 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 exists and um, I, I'm not sure exactly uh, Tell me, give me a, another bit of a, a little bit of a prompt here. Yeah, so I just wondered if you wanted to share how you define feminism, either personally or with New Mexico Con Mujeres. I think feeling solidarity, feeling love, feeling caring, and engaging with other women um, is, is how I define feminism, and that does not exclude men. I have a 92-year-old father who is a saint. But of course, my mother, she was alive and she passed two years ago. She would have said, well, I trained him. <laughs> my mother used to tell me that all the time. And I think that uh, uh, recognizing your community, recognizing women who have less than you, listening, listening to women who are talking, who haven't necessarily been executives or um, have been entrepreneurs, but women who have been working in their church all their life or cooking all their life, listening to those stories and empowering those stories. That for me is being a feminist. Bev, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today. <laughs> thank you so much, Giovanna.
That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.